I think engagement's huge. And it all starts with hiring and really making sure that we're hiring the right people. And that goes back to making sure that we're finding someone who we think is going to be a core values fit and who, who really off the bat wants to be here and believes in the company and the vision. What do life-saving devices, leather bags, and airplanes have in common? They are made right here in Oregon by ordinary small businesses doing extraordinary work every day. I'm your host, Linda Wexler. The Manufacturing Matters Oregon podcast is a collaborative effort designed to advance Oregon's $1.2 trillion manufacturing industry by telling their untold stories. The Industrial District in Inner Southeast Portland has a rich history of being home to small businesses and manufacturers, with several businesses calling the area home for more than 50 years. A relative newcomer is Olympia Provisions, who just celebrated their 10th anniversary. Makers of charcuterie, their team uses old world, handmade artisanal processes, which founder Eli Cairo refined by apprenticing for the masters of this tradition in Europe. For this episode of the podcast, I visited Olympia Provisions offices and production facility to speak with Taylor James, who leads human resources for the company. I also spoke with Travis Lewis, their production manager, to learn more about Olympia Provisions history and how they have created a workforce to carry on these artisanal traditions with a distinctly Portland flavor. My career has been not necessarily a straight line. You know, I've explored a, a few different options. Um, I was living in New York City, working in the food industry. I started as a cheesemonger and I, I worked for a store and I became the store manager there and then the general manager of that company. And then I met Eli and Michelle at the Good Food Awards in San Francisco in 2015. And then my wife and I were moving to Portland and the network worked. So, you know, they set it up as this like project manager slash HR manager role for me and brought me in. You know, I became a certified professional in HR in 2017. And, you know, I'm, I'm liking the trajectory now. In terms of manufacturing, it's my first time working at a, at a manufacturing company. Because you're located at the manufacturing facility you work out of, out of that facility. Yeah, yeah I'm at the, at the headquarters location. It's, we have our front office and then it's about 40,000 square feet of production space. And it is a USDA facility. So tell me more about the manufacturing that goes on on a daily basis. Are what what are the if for the folks that work at your manufacturing facility? Um, what's a typical day like for them? Here we have well the the plant is split up into three major departments. We have our raw production side, which is receiving all the raw meat, breaking that down, grinding it mixing it into sausage, making sausages. We have, and then we have our RTE or ready to eat side, which is all of our packaging and fulfillment. And then we have a sanitation department. Typical day starts at 7.30 and you know, you're, you're on some type of line. So either you're, you're trimming subprimal pork butts or you're hanging sausages or you're vacuum sealing sausages or you're, you're operating a dish machine and drying dishes. Do you ever get to taste any of your delicious <laughs> food that you make yeah. here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically every single day. So in the in the restaurant world, you know, it's really common for for there to be a staff meal. Everyone kind of comes together and enjoys some of the food, maybe taste new items that are on the menu. And we've translated that philosophy here to production as well. So we have a kitchen and we have a chef and we have someone making lunch for us every day. Oh, I'm uh, so jealous. And that, of- <laughs> that often has our own products in it, which is great. That's great. Yeah. 
your employees must be pretty thrilled to they, be able yeah. to get a yeah, it's <laughs> nice, lunch it's nice like perk. that every day. <laughs> totally. It's a nice perk. It also it contributes to a very intimate feeling workforce. I think coming together and sitting down and sharing a meal is a great way to connect with others um, and really, I think, helps with team building and, and trust and openness. How about when somebody wants to uh, start a career here in production and <laughs> your manufacturing facility? Um, what, what are the types of skills that that they need to have coming in? Do they um, need to know anything in particular to be able to start working on your production floor? Well, actually, no. Because we were making a lot of this product in in kind of like an old world European artisanal way, we're going to retrain everybody who comes in. Um, and most of the time, people don't have USDA experience anyway. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need to know much coming into organ production we're looking for people who have great attitudes and want to learn and and who might be inspired by the product and then we're gonna have the tools to to train those people and and get them up to speed so one of the reasons why i wanted to talk a little bit about um training and your training program get into it a little bit is because there are many manufacturers that i talk to are struggling to find employees has this been the case for you? Does it continue to be the case for you? If so, there definitely seems to be less employees, less applicants than there were three years ago. You know, I've only been here for three years, but there seems to be less. I think because we're in a position where we're going to train everyone to the same standard, we have a wider pool to to choose from. Um, I also think that the brand is is pretty strong in Portland, and there's a lot of organic interest in working for us anyway, which is nice. And, you know, we've also been creative about how we recruit people, I would say. What's an example of being creative and recruiting? Yeah. Uh, one, one creative thing is just working with second chance organizations. So like Central City Concern or just probation offices and um, creating that space for someone to get back on their feet, get housing, have a steady job with a steady paycheck. Yeah. So do, they, do those um, organizations, do they connect you with folks to to place them here or how does that work yeah totally trent at central city concern you know we'll reach out and ask if we have openings and if we do he'll set up a few interviews and we still we still walk through the same process interview people and there we're looking we're looking a lot for a core value fit we have three core values and we're trying to find someone who's really going to master their role someone who's interested in really becoming a good production butcher and learning about that and who is reliable and can be here five days a week for eight hours a day on their feet in the cold. (laughs) (laughs) All of those caveats. All of of those things. (laughs) (laughs) But still sounds like it's a, they, what they get out of it is a fabulous learning experience and, and no experience needed. Right. The ability to learn a a new skill from start to finish. Yeah, totally. For a great company. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of really good success through that. Actually, a lot of our, Assistant managers actually and managers have come through Central City or the or probation offices in the U.S. court system, and that's I know that's great. That is one of our core values. Actually, is is really looking for ways to enrich our community, and I think creating that space for people to get back on their feet is is one way the company does that well. Yeah, the core values you you um, I think you mentioned that or touched on that before. 
And my impression of Olympia Provisions is that you have a really strong company culture. And I don't know if I'm just making that up, but maybe you could tell me a little bit more about your company's culture and and maybe how the core values play into that culture. I think the culture is is very relaxed, but relaxed and creative, but still um, driven by providing the highest quality product or customer service. So like at our restaurant, you know, it's going to, it's going to feel very casual when you eat there, but it's, you know, it's some of the best food in Portland, which I can say, I think I lived in New York and I think you get away with that. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't, there's nothing stuffy. It's all very comfortable and easy, I think accessible. And that comes from the top. Eli and Michelle, they're always around. They're always drumming that beat of positivity and finding solutions. They'll sit down and eat staff lunch with the dishwashers, you know, like they're around and it just, it feels like a very comfortable, equal workplace. Are other parts of the company growing? What are, what are the next steps for the company kind of company wide? Yeah. I mean, as, as we land more wholesale accounts, that's been, that's been driving us into like new stages of production instead of processing 20,000 pounds of pork each week. Now it's, you know, 35,000 pounds of pork each week. We just added 8,000 square feet onto our dry box, which is where salami cures. So that's why we're growing the quality control department right now to to be in that dry box monitoring the salami as it dries and cures mm-hmm. and then helping to harvest that salami. I think where we're, where we're at now is identifying our bottlenecks and what our maximum production capacity is. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now that's in packaging. So you know, we're probably looking at actually investing in like machinery over there, a cartoner and even conveyance to move stuff, to move product from the, the vacuum sealer to the cartoner and then out into bins. It seems like the company is, is pretty far reaching and it's re- reached out in terms of restaurants and wholesale channels and things like that. What about, um, what about community partnerships here in Portland? What does the company get involved with in Portland or the greater restaurant community? Do you have some partnerships with the, the bigger food scene that's happening in Portland? Yeah, definitely the food scene right off the bat. Our, I mean, our food cart in Pioneer Square is a collaboration with Tillamook cheese. So really good meat and cheese sandwiches. And then our our kitchen in Oregon City is a partnership with Oregon City Brewing. Mm-hmm. And that's been a great concept. You know, we use their beer in all of our Oktoberfest sausages. And then in turn, we, we also have a little kitchen space down there for people to eat sausages while they drink beer in Oregon City. That sounds like a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we're, you know, we're talking to other breweries. Um, you know, I think like working with Freem and Hood River would be really awesome. Let's talk a little bit about employee engagement. So employee engagement is kind of a buzzword that, um, a lot of, um, folks, especially in workforce development, HR talking about, um, how do you feel, do you feel that employee engagement is important? Are there, and if so, are there, are there steps that you take here at Olympia Provisions to engage your employees Mm -hmm. on a daily basis? I do think it's very important. I think engagement's huge. And it all starts with hiring and really making sure that we're hiring the right people. And that that goes back to to making sure that we're finding someone who we think is going to be a core values fit and who, who really off the bat wants to be here and believes in the company and the vision. And then, and those people are going to be 
engaged usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the perks, the perks that we offer, you know, we can, we can be flexible with time. We have free lunch every day. There's obviously free shares of meat every week. We have health insurance and 401k and paid time off and all that. And then I think being transparent is also important for driving engagement. I think setting up these numbers and showing people that they're not cogs in a wheel, but that what they're doing is affecting cost of goods mm-hmm. or is affecting sales uh, and, and showing them how we're performing quarterly i think that's i think that helps people buy into it all mm-hmm. so helping them understand where how their job contributes to the overall financial health of the company right. yeah totally and to see that link mm-hmm. all the way all the way up sometimes it's hard to see that link yes unless is. you're a person that's looking at the numbers every day or a company leader or an accountant but if you're just working on the floor then you might not see get a chance to see those numbers um, so I think that's very unique that your company is willing to share that with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. And then I think respect also goes a lot way, a long way. I think, you know, Eli is always talking about how nice it is to receive compliments. And that's like, he does that every day. He walks in and compliments a few people and like that, the owner telling, saying something nice about you, you know, feels great. And that's every level of employee. Um, and that that trickles down and it becomes this positive environment. And I think that helps drive engagement as well. I, yeah, I could see that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about what you do? I mean, I love being that person that people can talk to at the company. Um, I do. I do. People sort of treat me like a counselor sometimes, even though I'm not really trained in counseling. Uh, I think I'm a good listener and I'm empathetic and I like, I like helping people and, and, you know, sort of reflecting back to them and helping them solve their issues here at the company. I love my independence. You know, I, I report directly to Michelle and she's given me a lot of responsibility, but a lot of space to do it. And, and I really enjoy aligning HR strategy to, to meet the needs of the business and where the business is going. So it's been, it's a, it's a great opportunity for me to grow as well. So from what you've seen over the three and a half years that you've, that you've been working here mm-hmm. and, and in your career in, in general, what have you seen in Portland? Have there been any changes in manufacturing that you've seen over the years? Um, what are, and if so, what kind of, what are the shifts that you've yeah, seen? Sure. From my perspective, uh, one trend I think I've seen is that um, employees seem to be commuting in from further away generally speaking we have a large number of employees commuting from places like vancouver and gresham and clackamas and i'm not exactly sure what that means or if that's fair to point out that trend you know i automatically think that like the cost of living is too high or we're not paying high enough wages so we we have these people commuting in from further away but i don't know if that's necessarily correlated they're commuting into. You're located in Southeast Portland. Yep, yep. We're in the Central East Side Industrial Area, right by the Burnside Skate Park. And why is this area unique? This is called Produce Row, and this is where food manufacturing has been happening in Portland 
for a while. <laughs> I don't know how long. For um, a long time, I think I think this is where the area where um, it used to be a big trucking and, and where the train would come through. So it would be yeah. a log- an area where you could load up trucks and logistics and things like that and, and still kind of is a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it's changed a lot over the years. It has changed, I'm sure. The, but yeah, so we were neighbors with the New Seasons Central Kitchen. Salt and Straw headquarters is right there across the street. Stumptown is down on Salmon and Second. Sheridan Fruit is right over there. So there's definitely, yeah, there's there's still food production happening here. It's like kind of like a cool Portland <laughs> food and beverage <laughs> yeah. company, little Mecca island yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After speaking with Taylor, I met with Travis Lewis to dig into their training program and how they've developed the processes to preserve the handcrafted ethos the company was founded on. I've been working for Olympia Provisions for almost six years now. Uh, my current role is production manager. I started uh, cutting and moved through all of our cutting roles in in production through operating the spice room and the formulation department before taking over all of the production, most recently taking on uh, the packaging side as well. So you're not only working with the raw meat that comes in and overseeing folks that are cutting those pieces of meat, but also the creation of some of the charcuterie as well. Uh, yeah, that's part of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I work with our quality assurance manager to design the production of the product, uh, make sure that the recipe that they want is going to be executed by our team mm-hmm. perfectly. Gotcha. And then take it from receiving the meat on the loading dock all the way to putting it into a finished package. When somebody gets trained, how do you make sure that you're kind of hitting all those different learning styles and making sure that they're getting getting the training and really understanding what you're trying to teach them. When we started building our, our training modules with OMEP, we designed them so that the same training program actually does touch on all of those. There's physical materials that they are looking at and reading. Mm-hmm. They are working with a trainer who is reading it out loud and verbalizing to them the training. And then they are also going through it together physically doing the task. You know, they also get to spend a little bit of time with the training materials before they start just reading it themselves just so they know what they're going into. Mm-hmm. Um, they get that practice time after the whole program has been run through and then their trainer will come back 30 minutes or so and check in on how they're doing. So just just the the training program itself touches on all of those so over the six years that you've um, been here at Olympia Provisions, how has your training program changed or has it grown? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first started working here, I came from restaurants, which is where a lot of the people that built this company came from as well. So it was it was pretty much the same kind of way you would learn a new menu item. You know, you'd, you'd come in and you work with somebody and they'd show you the pickup and you would just practice it and just try to master that on your own. Somebody saw you doing something incorrectly, they would correct you on the spot. But it was pretty much, I'll show you once, now you do it. We had recipes for for those kind of things, and it was just following a standard recipe procedure like you would in any restaurant. But now we have, we have all of these procedures written down and documented so that you know, even even if you didn't need, if you didn't have somebody in the room with you, you can follow the training program 
and achieve the same result as if you had somebody there. What do you love about your job? Boy, what do I love? I love everything about my job. Uh, My job is really fun because I get to walk around and explore every aspect of our production process as I see them. You know, if if I walk into a certain part of the plant and I see something that I can make a little bit better. I get to jump in there and and work it out and find the best way to to get the job done. Uh, I get to work with amazing people every day, and they're always making me laugh. You know, they have a really good time doing their jobs, and that part, you know, is is huge for me. I have definitely experienced that <laughs> working with you guys. So, what about the flip side of that? What are the things about your job here that kind of keep you up at night? The challenges are because we work with a, a product that is constantly in its its life cycle. Um, you know, when we shut down for the night, the product isn't like static. You know, it's continuing to uh, ferment or it's continuing to smoke. So when we walk away from the building, the work actually hasn't stopped. Um, so, you know, sometimes you can be uh, a little nervous about what might happen in the middle of the night when you're not there to watch. Uh, but we've yeah. built a lot of a lot of safeguards around that. I don't lose too much sleep anymore. Thank you for listening to the Manufacturing Matters Oregon podcast. To learn more about manufacturing in Oregon, visit manufacturingmattersoregon.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well. Mm-hmm.